0: Welcome, everyone. We are about to begin as the Hashem feedback and insights, uh, sheer number 18. Email address, shalombias777 at gmail.com. We are continuing my address to specifically the women, the Jewish wives, the Nushan of our generation. Truth is of all generations. We underestimate very often the kayach of the women, the backbone of our Am Israel and, um, you know, the men's achievements sometimes through history seems very pronounced and open and famous and well-known, their Hashbah. we can't begin to fathom the koyach of the nashim Tzedkaniyas through the Dairis. and, um, so it's a chus to speak to all of you, and, um... I want to say before I start is that you, whoever is just listening to this first needs to go to the first feedback of their initial address where I brought certain disclaimers and certain column of what this shear is about and who it's for um, because it's pretty specific and um, so it's important to hear that. What we're going to talk about here is we're going to continue the subject. And we're going to talk about something about SNEAS, that, although it says in Chazal all the time that a man can initiate the physical intimacy directly by asking for it verbally, while a woman shouldn't do that because it's a lack of sneis, and instead she should sort of hint to it, or you know, in, you know, do it subtly and not openly ask for it verbally. And that is true. But it's very important. And again, you have doubts about this and questions and you have someone to talk to, a mentor or a PISIC, you could ask them. But it seems extremely clear that if you desire something in regard to the sexual relationship and the physical needs that you have and you have difficulty expressing what you need and you're and you're trying to hint to it, in subtle ways and your husband's not getting it does not understanding those cues then you need to be more direct more so when there is some things that need to be ironed out between the two of you in regarding the sexual aspects and the intimacy it's important to have direct communication and not only is that not a lack of sneas, it is the right way and it could save marriages by just simply having direct honest communication with one another those type of discussions even if it's more explicit when you explain what you enjoy what you don't what you feel comfortable with what you don't um the, the frequencies of it and so on and so forth the quality of it the uh, liberal or conservative or whatever again i'm not getting graphic here but if that communication helps Shalom and clears the air and puts you both on the same page in a compromised way where you both, you know, agree and are, you know, at peace with each other and give and take with each other, all that is a, not a contradiction to Tsneas. Now that doesn't mean you use vulgar terms. So in other words, you could have code words. Uh, you know, for the actual uh, sexual uh, intimacy encounters. Some people could call it spending time, quote-unquote, together time, other types of words. You don't need to use coarse or vulgar words, and that is taka, not But the communication and discussing these matters is not contradicting sneeze and it actually is tzniyis. When you're doing it privately, only with your husband, only with your wife. And that ultimately brings peace because a lot of heartache happens with miscommunications in this area that people don't like to talk about. What I mean people don't like to talk about, I don't mean outside because it shouldn't be talked about to anyone but your own husband or your own wife. With the only exception of speaking directly to a mentor you both trust or that at least one of you trusts that's responsible that's either a Rav or a pisic or, or, or someone that could give real advice in a practical way. But other than that, then yeah, this the, the private life has to stay private. And uh, continue what this Professor Weiner uh, Davis talked about. And some comments she said, and again, I'll, I'll show how it a lot of it does align to Tyrus spot on. And this is also true. And this is interesting. It says you you, he she noticed this that decisions in marriage and in a family life are usually made mutually. For example, when you have talks about the kids and the of the kids, or if the kids have a particular medical problem or a physical problem or emotional problem, or in school, you know they go to the PTA. One of them or both they go together. They discuss it. What's better for the child or finances which we talked about, which is very important to discuss in a normal, calm way, again, without getting tense about it. What could we spend on? What could we afford? What we can't afford? Should we buy this house? Should we not buy this house? Should we rent or should we uh, finance? Uh, Should we borrow this money or not borrow this money? They talk about it together, mutually. The idea of where we're going Shabbos or how we want Shabbos table to look like. With the, with the children and with their, you know, exercise sheets or whatever it is, what's the they talk about it, or about the in-laws, the issues with the in-laws, meaning I'm not talking no lush and hard or anything, just simply where we're going yontiv, where we're not, where the tense situations are, how to diffuse it, you freely talk about that. Household tax, who's doing what, I'll do this, you'll do that, I'll I'll call the the I'll call the electrician. You call the plumber. I'll 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 call the contractor. You call the whatever, and you talk about it. But when it comes to the sex, the physical intimacy, whether the quality of it or the quali- quantity of it, that is not mutually discussed, and that is very strange. And she's talking about the secular world where there's no taboos or they don't have anything with quote-unquote Snius issues there. And we're going to tell you now that that's not a problem with Snius whatsoever. But it's puzzling though, no? I mean, you're not even in the secular world where they don't have these uh, Snius concepts and they talk about these sexual things freely and openly and sometimes vulgarly, which is not right. And yet, when it comes to couples, when they're married, they could be married for 20 years, 30 years, and they never open up the subject. And that is fascinating. And they don't even have the concept of tznius. I'm not going to talk about it because it's not tzniastic. But like I said, this aspect is not a lack of tznius when it has to be discussed and it could bring a communication and a shalom to the home. But going back to what we talked about now and again, we're talking about a situation, which is not all situations, where the husband has a higher desire for sex and the wife has a lower desire for sex. And um, what one needs to realize, and again, whoever's listening to this, even the wives, if it's reverse, they'll feel the reverse of it. When the husband is lower desire, she feels this way inside. That when one person wants it often and the other one says nothing doing, then what, they, what they're saying also when they say sorry, you know, take a hike, they're expecting certain things. Number one is they're expecting that the partner that you're saying no to should never complain about it, you know, just accept it. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Nothing doing. End of story. And they expect you to be monogamous, to be faithful to you, to just, you know, turn off the switch on the sexual desires that you have and just, it's over, and that's it. That's what the lower sex drive person expects from the higher sex drive person, which is completely and totally unrealistic. And the truth be told, again, that doesn't take away the achrayas of the higher one to be a mensch about things. But, this is a major problem, and what happens is is what they don't realize. Um, the one with the lower drive, when they refuse continuously, and just not reach the subject, or push it off all the time, or look very annoyed when they even ask are asked, and you know look like you know what are you some type of uh, animal or something, you know that type of thing. What happens? What happens is is that the person who's denied. Again, over here we're talking about the husband feeling this way, but it could be the other way around when the wife feels this way. First, they feel hurt. Then, they feel sadness. Then, they feel anger. And after the anger, you know what comes? Quiet. Quiet means they shut down. Because they figure, you know, I I, I can't, you know, what am I going to do? And they shut down. And they will never tell their wives why they became quiet all of a sudden. Why are you so quiet? Why are you so distant? Why are you not investing in the marriage? Why are you uh, doing your own thing? And by the way, escaping, we talk about unhealthy escapes, like escaping to things that are not appropriate, but even running to things that are appropriate. As crazy as it sounds, running away to night you know the whole entire night, and avoiding your wife is not healthy. And they're afraid to tell their wives why. They're afraid to say they really want that they need and want that physical closeness, and they can't. And they feel too ashamed, whether it's the their ego or it's because they're humiliated and, or whatever the case may be, and then they say, I'm not going to beg for this thing. So they shut down and distant themselves. But they'll never tell you that. And if you go across... Through marriages, you'll come, you'll realize that this is the source of many problems that is never ever discussed. And it's very, very important to discuss this. She brings this Wiener Davis, a fascinating thing. The couple went to her and um, finally, you, you know, they never talked about these issues. Ever between themselves and here she broached the subject and um, she opened it up to the couple and the husband said and, the, and she openly asked the couple you know how often do you have a physical relationship and how does that work in your dynamic of your marriage they've been married many years the husband says that maybe Friday night between 10 p.m. and midnight Occasionally, if she may be in the mood, on that point, if I catch her, then I'll be able to be physical with her. And she started chuckling and laughing. She thought it was very funny, but he wasn't smiling. He started, had tears in his eyes. And um, he turned to her and told her, he says, you know, when you're not there for me this way, I feel you don't love me, and I feel extremely lonely. And she heard this, and to her it was like a breakthrough. She was really in shock. She was unaware, momish unaware of that, you know, that that was what he was feeling, because he never ever said that. Never had the courage to say that, and she never understood. And again, we're not dealing with maliciousness here. We're not dealing with, it's simply misunderstandings. Very often it's just simply misunderstandings where the woman does not understand the man's nature. And again, all you women listening there, I'm doing the reverse also. I'm talking about this now because this is the t- subject that's extremely important for you to know, but I work the other way around as well. There are many things that men are clueless when it comes to what women need and what they unders- what they need. And I'm trying my best to address the husband's how they need to care for the woman's, the wife's needs emotionally and and all other aspects and to understand it even though he naturally does not. But here we're talking the other way. There are things in the man's nature that you need to understand. And again, this concept, now it's true you have people that are addicted to things sexually or are flirtatious. Again, I told you, we're not talking about that right now. If your husband has those type of behaviors, and then he turns to you and says, I want sex, then you have a right to say, you know, wait a minute, what am I, just an object? But if your husband's a decent person, and he's moral, and he's loyal, he's just a regular person, and he's often showing interest in being with you sexually, you need to understand even though he's not going to admit it and he may be like tough about it and maybe like nonchalant, like he doesn't care one way or the other. Sometimes he'll ask in a way like, I don't care one way or the other. And inside he really, really does care. Then you need to understand that when he's asking for the sex, it's not that he just has an itch that he needs to scratch, that it's just a desire that he's just, you know, I'm hungry, I eat a piece of cake, now I feel good. After a tinnitus, I'm, you know, my head's spinning and I now I have a drink a couple of cups of water, orange juice, cake. Oh, now I feel better. So people think like you know that sex is the same way, you know, I have this itch, I have this pull, now I have it. Oh, okay, now I'm good. Okay, now I could go on my way. That is a misconception in many, many cases. The men need it to feel love and to feel respect and to feel wanted. That's what they really want, whether they admit it. Or they they do not, and most of them will never admit it. And like I said, what happens is, when they're denied again and again, they clam up. First they feel hurt, then they feel sad, then they feel angry. At some point, they get quiet and withdrawn and say, I'm not investing in the marriage. And it's very, very sad. And one partner could be totally clueless about how the other partner's feeling in this, this regard. And um, that's why it's very important to, for both of them to go out of their comfort zones. The lower sex drive partner sometimes need to go out of their comfort zone. Um, and that reaching out, when you do that, that is not pretzis. It's the opposite of pretzis. That's really what sneas is, which people don't talk about. That is what real sneas is. The real sneas When when both you'll notice in Chazal, when the Torah praises nashim tsenuais or nashim tsair or nashim it's not when they were unmarried and a bsula and a virgin and they stayed away from men, like a sealed garden, and they're praised for that in Sherashira. But the Iker nashim sheiros and nashim is when they devote that energy. Towards their husband and vice versa, only lasered focused on that and nobody else. And that's what true is. The true exists after you're married, when you're openly engaged one with another in the bedroom. That is what SNES is. And that's one of the reasons you keep Sneas in the in the first place. It's a laser-directed light. That's what it is. I'll end off this segment with a mushal. What's the mushel people use for the Indian Sneas and in watching your um, kadusha in these areas for women? Ganol. You're a seal garden. You're closed from outsiders. It's similar to what they praise uh, when hugger left and uh, he divorced her, it seems. He, she left and after um, Sarah died, Yitzchak brought Hugger back. She was called Keturah, going to the Chazal, because she held herself her own was such a tzaddik. She didn't want to be with any other man but him. He realized in that day he was the most exceptional, and she's praised for that. And um, but why do you seal a garden? You seal a garden and you lock them out so that that harmful element should not come in. No animals that could destroy the plants and flowers and trees that are there, uh, or robbers. That's why you have that fence, to protect it. But imagine if you lock out that fence is so sealed from the outsiders that you don't let the gardener in, the one who waters the plants and flowers. You don't let them in. It's hot outside, there's a drought, but you don't let them in because it's a sealed garden. You don't let... The, the things inside that's supposed to thrive and they thrive, then then the whole thing falls and turns on its head. People don't realize this. All the halachas of Nida and all the harchakas and they're beautiful, not only they're beautiful, they're vital, they're important, they have to be kept to the, to the tachlis of, of the complete halacha of it. But sometimes people forget, they're so entrenched in what the details of the harchakas they forgot, well, what is this all about? The richuk is because of the kiruv. You're closing up the garden with that big fence to protect it from the outside world, from all the garbage, so that the garden should thrive inside, that the plants should be watered, that the trees should be fresh, and that the fruits should be delicious. And that is what a husband and wife needs to do. They put up the fence. They put up the fence to protect themselves from all outside harmful elements But once they do and they focus their attention on each other, and I mean sexually too, that is tznius. That is the height of tznius. And again, I'm going to say this many, many times because I've seen this from different people with different natures. This concept that someone has a high sex drive is an animal. Not necessarily. He could be a very good human being. He could be someone that wants to be a good husband. And he wants to connect with you. The key is, now the truth is, the key is, is what does he do when he's not with you? Does he keep his shmir I am? Does he hang around by the as a, you know by the lady section in the wedding a lot? Now I always joke around that you know, sometimes I had a someone at work, a lady complained why the men come into the ladies section by a, the smorgasbord by a wedding. And I told this lady, listen, I know maybe some men come in for the wrong reasons. That's true, but the truth is, is you serve over there all the fancy stuff and all the sushi and all the dishes and all the cuts of meat and everything, and by the men over there by the kabolas Punem you you give a little piece of hard marble cake with a with a drop of stale ginger ale that fizzed out already, and a and a potato coogle that's half raw or too overly done. And then you expect no one to come to the to the to the to the They want the good food. Now, of course, I meant that half-jokingly, and you should be careful. Men should be careful going there. But if your husband is, is of that type, that is loyal and committed to his marriage, that is careful when he talks to the neighbors, the women neighbors, or to the women at work, or to the women in the bungalow colony. Any he, any he, any he keeps a certain Healthy, maybe polite, but healthy distance. And the wife recognizes this. And it's clear as day that he is committed to her and her only. If that is the case, then the fact that he enjoys being with you sexually means he loves you. It's coming out this way, but it means he truly loves you. Have a wonderful day.